0: Rooster for your morning. All the news you need to know. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC.
1: Welcome to the 77 WABC Early News. I'm Deborah Valentine with your news, sports, business, traffic, and weather. Here's everything you need to know. The top five at five. You really can't take in the gravity of what we experience. The mayor of Sanibel Island off the western peninsula of Florida says death and damage from Hurricane Ian is surreal. President Biden in Puerto Rico pledges $60 million in U.S. aid following destruction from Hurricane Fiona. The conservative U.S. Supreme Court opens this term's session with new liberal justice Katanji Brown-Jackson. In the aftermath of the high court overturning Roe v. Wade, Planned Parenthood mobilizes an abortion clinic on wheels. Opening arguments in the trial of the leader of the Oath Keepers and four others who allegedly plotted the January 6th riot to overturn results of the 2020 election. Hurricane Ian hit Lee County, Florida the hardest, devastating Sanibel Island and Fort Myers. The death toll from Ian stands at 94 in Florida alone. Of those, 54 were killed in Lee County, according to the Lee County Sheriff's Office. Sanibel Island's mayor is Holly Smith. as She spoke to ABC News Live Prime Friday night. We were on, on the island for about four hours today. It was our first look on the ground. And although I, I see everything that's um, been shot all around us, unless you're on the ground, um, it, you really can't take in the gravity of what we experienced. The full extent of the damage not yet known, as municipalities wait for floodwaters to recede and search and rescue operations continue. President Joe Biden getting a first-hand look at hurricane-ravaged Puerto Rico. Here's 77 WABC's Bob Brown.
0: President Biden says Puerto Rico is going to be rebuilt in a resilient way to withstand future storms which may come through like Hurricane Fiona. I've asked the Secretary of Energy, Jennifer Granholm, who's a first-rate person, to lead a supercharged effort across the entire federal government. She's going to be put in, She's going to put in place the Puerto Rican Grid Recovery Modernization Team, To bring to bear all the federal resources and technical assistance and additional support for Puerto Rico. The president says he's determined to speed up the rebuilding process on the island and that government spending has been approved to do so. The president and first lady will be in Florida Wednesday to get a first-hand look at the devastation Ian left behind. I'm Bob Brown for the 77 WABC Early Morning News.
1: The U.S. Supreme Court began its new term yesterday. It's the first term for New Biden backed Justice Katanji Brown Jackson, the court's first black female justice. Justice has debated the Clean Water Act. Jackson seemed to be generally aligned with the court's other liberal justices in favor of Justice Department arguments to preserve the authority of the federal government to regulate wetlands under the Clean Water Act, which faces a challenge from big business. I guess my question is why would Congress uh, draw the coverage line between abutting wetlands and neighboring wetlands when the objective of the statute is to ensure the chemical, physical, and biological integrity of, of the nation's water. Conservative justices hold a 6-3 majority. They ask questions that were more skeptical of the regulation in a case that tests the reach of the law beyond rivers, lakes, and streams. In the aftermath of the overturning of Roe v. Wade, Planned Parenthood Monday announced plans for a mobile abortion clinic. It's a 37-foot RV that will stay in Illinois but travel close to the borders of adjoining states that have banned abortion. Illinois didn't institute an abortion ban, but neighboring states like Missouri, Kentucky, and Tennessee did, along with several other states in the South and the Midwest. Abortion clinics on the Illinois side of the St. Louis region have experienced a 30% increase in patients as a result Patients from outside Missouri and Illinois increased by more than 340 percent in the aftermath of the overturning of v. Wade. Opening arguments Monday in the most serious case to reach trial in the January 6th riot at the U.S. Capitol. The founder of the Oath Keepers extremist group Stuart Rhodes and four associates are charged with seditious conspiracy. Prosecutors allege they plan for an armed rebellion to stop the transfer of presidential power. former federal prosecutor Joyce White Vance on MSNBC. Just that he doesn't have much of a defense to offer. It's very Mm. unlikely that this will work here in large part because it relies upon this mistaken belief, but tragically mistaken belief that there was fraud involved in the 2020 election. Seditious conspiracies are rare. Civil War era charge that calls for up to 20 years behind bars. The U.S. Justice Department last secured such a conviction at trial nearly 30 years ago and intends to try two more groups on that charge later this year. A criticism that residents of places like Barrier Islands and other areas of Florida were not given enough advance notice to evacuate ahead of in a Category 4 hurricane, almost a Category 5, which left behind death and destruction. Lee County, Florida, was decimated, as were Barrier Islands. And in defense, of Florida's Governor Ron DeSantis says the hurricane was originally forecast to make landfall farther north, right near Tampa. He hit back at a CNN reporter who asked about the response.
2: Well, did you? where was your industry station uh, when the storm hit? Were you guys in Lee County? No, you were in Tampa. So that's, you know, they were following the weather track and um, they had to make decisions based on that. But, you know, 72 hours, they weren't even in the cone. 48 hours, they were on the periphery. Uh, So you got to make the decisions the best you can.
1: Some reports indicate evacuation orders may have been issued later than recommended by the county's emergency management plan. Hurricane Ian made landfall Wednesday afternoon with the eye of the Cap 4 hurricane hitting the northern edge of Lee County, home to Fort Myers and Cape Coral. Former President Donald Trump suing CNN for defamation. This lawsuit filed in federal court seeks $475 million in punitive damages. It accuses CNN of carrying out a smear campaign that has, he said, only escalated in recent months as CNN fears Trump will run for president in 2024. Trump talked about a potential lawsuit back in July on The Sarah Carter Show.
2: You probably saw that I'm suing a big suit was announced today that I'll be suing CNN for a lot of money and we're going to sue other
1: media outlets, sue
2: big ones and a lot of them for the election fraud for the term big lie because there wasn't a big lie.
1: The lawsuit also chided CNN for referring to Trump's false claims about voter fraud in the 2020 election as the big lie, as you just heard Trump there say, a phrase originally attributed to Hitler. The suit noted the suit was assigned to Judge Rag Singhal, a Trump appointee who serves in the Southern District of Florida. Reuters is reporting CNN has declined to comment on Trump's lawsuit. The White House set to highlight Republican-led abortion restrictions in the 100 days since Roe v. Wade was overturned back in June. The administration's interagency task force on abortion access will meet today, including President Joe Biden, VP Kamala Harris and cabinet members to discuss the state of abortion care. At least 15 states have since ceased nearly all abortion services since the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Here's President Biden when the U.S. Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade. It basically says all the decisions related to your private life, who you marry, whether or
0: not you decide to conceive a child or not, whether or not you can have an abortion, a range of other decisions, whether or not how you raise your child. What does this do? uh, And does this mean that in Florida they can decide they're going to pass a law saying that same sex marriage is not permissible?
1: The meeting comes as the White House works to drum up support for Democratic midterm candidates in the political fight to preserve or expand access to abortion and to call attention to the ways Republicans have banned or chipped away at the procedure, which polling repeatedly shows is unpopular with voters. A well, California high school will forfeit the rest of its varsity football season after some players were captured on video, appearing to act out a slave auction of their black teammates. The Yuba City Unified School District first forfeited last Friday's game, later forfeiting the rest of the entire season after banning the involved team members from playing. The mock auction at River Valley High School appeared organized, according to the school's superintendent, Doreen Osumi. Former student Cassandra Munoz spoke to KCRA in Sacramento.
2: It really sucks. We are in 2022, about to go to 2023, and this is still happening? And it and it it sucks because it's like we are showing other generations that are gonna be coming up and they're gonna think this is okay when it's not okay. This is not okay.
1: District administrators didn't answer questions about how many students were actually involved, what specifically the video showed, and where the recording was shared. A serial killer on the loose out in California. Five unprovoked murders now, all men ages twenty one to fifty-four over the last few months. Appear to be the work of just one person, according to police in Stockton, California. A grainy photo of that suspect has been released by police. All of the victims were alone when shot and killed at night or early in the morning between July 8th and September 27th. The mother of one of these victims, Paul Yaw, Greta Bagro, spoke to CBS News. He
0: was walking with somebody
1: and the person turned towards him or faced him, whatever, and shot him multiple times. And now knowing, you know, that there's person's out there doing this to
2: multiple people, it's like, it's just
1: horrible. Stockton police told ABC News that all of the victims were ambushed, none were robbed, and none of the incidents were drug or gang-related. Police also told ABC News they have physical evidence linking the five crime scenes together. Well, that is sound of North Korea Tuesday firing a ballistic missile over Japan, which the prime minister's office said landed in the Pacific Ocean. The firing of that missile temporarily halted train service and caused evacuations in Japan. The Launch was the most provocative weapons demonstration by North Korea so far this year as it ramps up missile tests to build a full-fledged nuclear arsenal that potentially threatens U.S. allies and the United States. Experts say North Korea's goal is securing outside concessions. The U.S. strongly condemned North Korea's dangerous and reckless decision. 77 W.A.B.C. time 515. Justin Ellis here with sports. Well, thank you,
2: Deb. I am Justin Ellick here with your early news sports update. We'll begin on the diamond where the Yanks indulged out in Arlington. And the Mets were postponed in Queens. The Yanks grabbed their 98th win of the season with two long solo shots in the eighth to secure the 3-1 win over the Rangers. Marwan Gonzalez launched a solo, no doubter, into the right field seats. A couple of batters before Giancarlo Sten nearly blew a hole through the back wall of the stadium with this laser shot. High drive, deep left, There it goes, see you, number for Giancarlo Stanton,
0: a missile, and it's 3 nothing Yanks.
2: Well, it's not as much fun if Aaron Judge would hit one, but I tell you one thing, it's a welcome sight for Aaron Boone, New York Yankee fans going toward the playoffs. That call courtesy of Michael K, Paul O'Neill, and the Yes Network. As you heard, O'Neill say there. Aaron Judge did not add a long ball of his own and still sits at 61 on the season with just three games remaining on the schedule. He'll get twice the chances today to reach that elusive 62 with the Yanks opening up a doubleheader in Arlington starting this afternoon at 2.05 p.m. Eastern. Game one, we'll see Jameson Tyone toe the slab, while the Yanks will trot Ace Gary Cole out there for game two. Now for the Metropolitans, who despite not playing last evening against the Nationals, were able to gain a half game on the Atlanta Braves in the NL East race. With Atlanta suffering a 4-0 loss to the Marlins in Miami, they too will indulge in a doubleheader today, opening up their series with the Nationals at 4.10 p.m. Eastern time. The Mets have yet to name a starter for either contest. And wrapping up week four of the NFL season was the L.A. Rams visiting the San Francisco 49ers on Monday Night Football last night. A dominant defense and a heavy dosage of Debo Samuel was the recipe for success in the Niners 24-9 route. Of the surprisingly underwhelming Rams thus far, Samuel turned a short reception into a big 57-yard touchdown, and the defense added a pick six and route to San Francisco's seventh straight regular season win over their in-state foes. For more sports content, follow 77 WABC Sports on Instagram and Twitter. And here with the early news sports update, I am Justin Ollick on 77 WABC. All right,
1: thanks, Justin. Lou Dobbs has your financial report. This is the
0: 77 WABC. Lou Dobbs Financial Report.
1: I'm Lou Dobbs.
0: October off to a hot start on Wall Street. Key economic data today. The United States limits more chip exports to China. Wall Street starting off the new month of trading strong. Monday's rally sent the Dow Jones Industrials up more than 750 points. The S&P roared back from multiple year lows from last week. The Nasdaq writing big technology gains. Today's JOLTS report expected to give a better idea of how tight the labor market is. Wall Street forecasting a slight decline in job openings last month. The U.S. government expected to announce new regulations on technology exports to China, the goal to limit the Chinese government from accessing American-made advanced microchip technology. Last month, the White House banned NVIDIA and AMD from sending certain AI chips to the Communist Chinese. General Motors ramping up production of the all-electric Chevy Bolt, sales of Chevy's Bolt hitting the highest level ever last quarter. The trend forecast to continue next year when GM says they'll make 70,000 of them. Please join me several times each weekday right here on 77 WABC. This is the Lou Dobbs Financial Report.
2: Keep listening for
0: more to 77 WABC for the Lou Dobbs Financial Report.
1: Well, after yesterday's rally, futures again in the green. The Dow up 319 points at 29,857, up 1.08 percent. The S and P's risen 49 points. The Nasdaq up 191 and a half. Gold up fourteen dollars twenty cents an ounce. At $1,716.20, crude oil at $83.86 a barrel, up 23 cents.
0: It's the WABC early news. This is 77 WABC's Pulse of the People.
1: On today's Pulse of the People, New York City Mayor Eric Adams wants to house migrants on a cruise ship off Staten Island. People waiting. It you
2: know, like a big stunt, uh, you know, uh, these tactics to me i i I hate it it seems really desperate i don't like it at all it's just politics at it's worst for me and there's got to be a better way and um you know these poor people who are just being pawns in all this it's it's kind of disgusting
1: well if that's just
0: temporary accommodation then maybe that might be okay i don't know the situation but permanently doesn't sound like a good idea are there other places that can be Right. I think uh, the point that the Republicans are trying to make is some of the policies that the Democrats have, have allowed the situation. We are a, a land of immigration. And, you know, I think it's what weaves the beautiful culture that we experience as well. We actually just arrived last night from Italy and we spent some, a couple of weeks over there. And the part I appreciate is just we got here and immediately had a different type of food.
1: And more on the migrants now. Bronx community leaders and immigration advocates held a protest Monday against the proposed tent city location in Orchard Beach for incoming migrants being bused from southern states as southern states, of course, are overrun and The governors of Arizona, Texas and Florida have been busing these migrants north, partly because they are against the open border policy under the Biden administration. Now, protesters on both sides of the political spectrum were outside a city hall demanding transparency on how New York City plans to address the asylum seeker crisis. New York City Mayor Eric Adams is planning to relocate the Humanitarian Relief Center for Asylum Seekers to Randall's Island. Now, here's Mayor Adams. One of the most important terms is pivot and shift, and we're going to pivot and shift uh, to solve these problems. There's not a one-size-fit-all on problems that we've never faced before. Immigration advocates question the shelter's location, saying it's too far from public transportation for the migrants to be able to access things like potential jobs or other services. They are also against the location because the area is prone to flooding. Police are still searching for the man who slashed and killed a passenger on an L train in Brooklyn last week following some kind of a dispute. Tommy Bailey was a star baseball player in high school, now a father of three. He was killed Friday. His uncle, Richard Bailey, told ABC 7 he loved Canarsie and never expressed fear about rotting the subway.
2: He's not the guy to go look for trouble, to say, well, I'm going out there and I'm, I'm going to fight with someone. No. Yeah, he did construction work he got three kids got a family
1: the killing happened on board a southbound l train in east new york about 9 p.m friday investigators say bailey got into some kind of a dispute with another rider and was slashed across his neck the killer fled and what sparked the dispute is unclear at this time there were no cameras aboard that train last month the mta did announce that over the next two years cameras will be installed in every single subway car throughout the agency's fleet The NYPD is still looking to question six potential witnesses in the killing of a 22-year-old Bronx woman whose remains were found in suitcases inside of her apartment after a welfare check back on September 21st. So far, no arrests have been made in the homicide of DeAsia Johnson. She lived on Linwood Street in East New York, and authorities are looking to question her boyfriend. They've released photos over the weekend of five women and one man whom they said might be witnesses in the case. When building security went to check on Johnson, they told police they encountered somebody believed to be Johnson's boyfriend who wouldn't let them into the apartment. The group of men and the women were seen leaving with black bags. So security ended up finding a meat cleaver and a horrible stench inside that apartment and called 911. An autopsy ended up showing Johnson had been stabbed to death. Neighbor Regina Edie spoke to NBC New York. It's just crazy. You don't think about Somebody being chopped up and put in suitcases, it's, it's disturbing, very it's scary. Police don't believe it was a random attack, and the search continues for Johnson's boyfriend. Johnson had an active order of protection against her now missing boyfriend. A law enforcement lookup debuted on Monday. It is a massive database of some 450,000 records on officers within the New York City Police Department and the Department of Corrections. Compiled by the Legal Aid Society, the LELU site holds files on thousands of lawsuits filed against NYPD officers, complaints filed to the Civilian Complaint Review Board, Internal Police Department misconduct records, as well as DA files, district attorney files that include records on officer credibility. Everybody from advocates, reporters, attorneys, and the general public will have access to this new online tool it's intended to make transparent data previously safeguarded by state law. The head of the Police Benevolent Association rebuffs the suggestion that the LELU is about transparency and rather another reason officers are leaving the force at record rates. Well, the murder suspect uh, accused of stabbing a veteran FDNY lieutenant to death, Peter Zisopoulos, remains at the Bellevue Hospital Prison Ward. He's 34 years old. He has not yet been medically cleared to be arraigned on murder charges, according to law enforcement sources. As a victim's family, today holds the second day of FTNY Lieutenant Allison Russo-Elling's wake, her funeral's tomorrow. She was fatally stabbed 19 times in this unprovoked attack. The man faces second-degree murder and weapons possession charges. Here's NYPD Commissioner Keechant Sewell on the day of the murder. This deadly Senseless Broad daylight attack on a uniformed EMT member is a direct assault on our society. It is the latest consequence of the violence that we relentlessly fight in our city. Prosecutors are waiting for doctors to medically clear Zisopoulos for the arraignment. While well, theater great Andrew Lloyd Webber back on Broadway with something new. Jacqueline Carl has the story. Call cool, me. <laughs> Legend Andrew Lloyd Webber is back with a new project on Broadway. He announced Bad Cinderella is coming to the Great White Way in March. The lead, Lene Hanau is born in Brooklyn and grew up in Connecticut. The show is the modern retelling of the classic fairy tale with Cinderella no longer being the damsel in distress.
0: For 77 WABC Early News, I'm Jacqueline Carl.
1: And if you miss the top five of five in other news, be sure to check it out on our website, wabcradio.com. It's the
2: WABC Early News on 77 WABC.